Welcome to the North Shore Church audio podcast. To find out more information about North Shore Church, please visit us at mynsag.com. We hope you enjoy today's message. I just want to uh, very quickly welcome you once again to North Shore. My name is RJ Johnson. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And Pastor Chris, our lead pastor, him and his family are having a time away, a time of vacation. They have five kids. And so getting five kids out on vacation is tough with their schedule. But they are like, you know what, we got an open week right before school starts. Because once school starts, who knows when they'll get another chance to to be on vacation. So they're out this week. um, So keep them in your prayers as well. And I just want to thank them once again. Pastor Chris, he's our lead pastor. If you've not heard him preach, if you're new here, Come back next Sunday. He is one of the greatest preachers I have ever heard. And I've been in a lot of churches. or Not not a lot of churches, but I've heard a lot of preachers and been in some pretty uh, big churches. And Pastor Chris, he is right up there with the greatest of them. Phenomenal leader, uh, phenomenal man of God. So make sure you're here next week um, to come see him, hear him, and just hear the word that God has on his heart. I can't wait. It's going to be a great message next Sunday from Pastor Chris to you. Um, But right now we are in a series called Decision Points. Decision points. And this is all about kind of these defining moments in our lives where we can make a decision that can change the trajectory of our destiny. Like we are one decision away from maybe something big that God wants to do in your life. Uh, Pastor Chris talked about the decision to just make a decision, to decide, to choose, and how hard that can be to just make decisions. Last week he talked about making the decision to stay and how it could be possible that you are right where you need to be. You may just not quite be who you need to be. So make a decision to stay and be faithful to who God has called you to be. And so today we're going to talk about the decision to change. The decision to change. Um, And here's kind of our scripture that we're going to be talking about today. It's in Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. And it says this, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Anybody in the place like some new things? We like new things. God is doing a new thing as well. Do you, it, even now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wastelands. And so today I just want you to know God wants to do a new thing in you. A new thing in your situation. He wants to bring a change in your life in a way that maybe you've been thinking about and praying for for years. But I believe God is on the, on the verge of doing a new thing in you. And when I look at the world... I just can't help but think how much things change in our world. You know what I mean? They said in the past 100 years, things have changed more. Just in the past 100 years than basically all of history, mankind history before the past 100 years. And to me, that's just like mind-boggling, how much we've changed so quickly. Uh, in fact, just, let's just take a little trip down memory lane if we can. Is that okay? Uh, To just take a little trip back in time, just to the not-so-recent past, and just see how much things have changed uh, even in my time. So uh, some of you may be familiar with this form of communication right here. So uh, check this out right there. Who knows what I'm talking about right there? You guys, you used one of those? Oh yeah, I saw a post from one of our members that said their kids saw a phone like that and they had no idea what it was. Like, Mom, what's, what's this cord on this? What, is, what do you do with this? Like, wow, we have come a long ways just in the time. In fact, uh, kids growing up these days, they will never know what it means to answer a phone and say your last name because it's everybody's household. You know what I mean? We used to answer the phone and say, Johnson's, and then they'd be like, oh, okay, hey, is your dad there? Yep, just a minute. You know what I mean? Kids will never know about that. 
They'll never know about this like coming of age moment when you're a, a teenager and you answer the phone and you say, Johnson's, and they say, oh, Mr. Johnson, is that you? And you're like, wow, they think I'm my dad. Yes, it is. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, like they will never know this moment when finally my voice has changed enough where they think I'm the man of the house. Yes. Uh, but change uh, can be good and change can also be kind of tough. Now we are so connected that I think it can be a good thing and a bad thing. But you can't deny that things sure have changed. Things sure have changed. Uh, styles have changed. In fact, growing up, my dad used to rock a style a lot like that. And if you look closely, there's Pastor Chris right there rocking that. You may not know our lead pad, but that is his face on that outfit. And I just, he's just kind of rocking that thing right there. So he's not here to defend himself, so I can make fun of him if I want to. Um, but uh, all I can say is praise God for change because those used to be super styles and a striking collection of high fashion coordinates and I just praise God that we, we're not walking around in those, that high style today anymore. Praise God for change. And, um, you know, even church has changed. Worship has changed a lot. In fact, I want to show you what was cutting edge just decades ago. In fact, uh, it's kind of crazy. And, and listen, I want to preface it by saying this, that there are so many great psalms. There are so many great hymns that are foundational to me and that I absolutely love. But then are, there are some other songs from the past that I hear and I look at and I'm like, Praise God, things have changed. And this is one of those songs to show you how much things have changed. This was Christian rock and roll back in the day. Jesus is a friend of mine. Now listen to the words here. He taught me how to pray and how to save my soul. Not bad. He taught me how to praise my God and still play rock and roll. The music He's playing rock and roll right there. The message is the same. It's just an instrument to praise his name. Okay, thank you guys. Things sure have changed a lot, am I right? I, Pastor Dan, I'm just, my next service, your illustration might just be to come up here and do his little dance and sing that song. And uh, now I love many, many old hymns and foundational songs, but I'm just like looking at this and they are in an era where guitars in church, are you crazy? That is cutting it. You can't have guitars in church. That, you're playing rock and roll and praising Jesus. Are you kidding me? But my, how things have changed. And when it comes to that song, at least, praise God for change. <laughs> praise God for change. We could look at a million different things. We've come so far in so many different areas. The world is changing at a very rapid pace. And I can't help but think in a world that's constantly changing, that's constantly growing, that's constantly moving forward, why, when I look at my life, why, when I look at our lives and how we live our lives, is it so hard for us to make a change we know we need to make. When everything around us is, is advancing and, and growing, why is it so tough? Even when we know that this change is gonna lead to growth, it's gonna make us better, even when we know this is a change we should make and need to make, is it so hard to actually change and experience that change in our life? Um, and, and I believe today God just wants you to know he is doing a new thing in your life in your situation, change is not impossible. You're looking at your situation thinking, things are never gonna change. It's always been this way, it always will be this way, and God is saying, just wait. <laughs> Behold, I am doing a new thing in your life. And I think part of the reason that it's so hard is because change is painful. Change is literally, it is painful, but growth and change go hand in hand. 
You can't have growth without change. And so think about it. When you were a teenager's guys, and you're in that awkward phase where your voice starts cracking, you know what I mean? Like they're going through this moment and their voice starts changing, getting a little different, and uh, then their joints start aching, and they call that aching in the joints, they call that growing pains, growing pains. And you're, you're changing a little bit, you're growing, but there's a little bit of pain that comes with it. That means it's a little bit hard, uh, but they are growing pains. And I almost titled this Making a Decision to Grow, but I wanted to take that back a few levels because before growth, there's pain. But before pain, there's change. And I, I've seen someone put it this way, that, that when, when you make a change, change equals pain. I mean, it equals pain. It, it can be very hard, but that pain equals growth. And so instead of talking about growth, I want to talk about the change that, that, that maybe you need to make, that God is calling you to make. It might be kind of hard or painful to think about, but you can do it. You can do it. It'll lead to growth. It'll lead to growth. And so some of you, you're here, and you're, I already know what you're thinking because I think the same way. Like, yeah, I love change. I, I embrace it. I'm an early adapter. And so I will just, man, anything that we need to change, like, God, let's go. And if you think you adapt to change and embrace change greatly, think again. I want you to think again and evaluate this because 95% of what you do today and this entire week is out of a little thing called habit. In fact, where you're sitting this morning is probably somewhere where you've sat before or pretty close to it. And so if you think, you know what, I embrace change pretty good, then I challenge you next week when you come to church, sit three rows or four rows farther up. You're like, whoa, hold on, I'm all for change, but I don't know about, like that's just something so small. Those of you in the front, I'm not going to send you to the back because we need you in the front. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but if you think you embrace change, just, just think about it. Think of what you did, the order you get ready, uh, the apps you look at on your phone, the way you pray at, at dinner time, what you eat for dinner. Like we are creatures of habit. Um, and, and so if you think you embrace change or you're a family that's like, yeah, we love change. We're, we're ready to change. Try switching a few things up this week. Um, so guys, here's my advice to you. This is great biblical advice. You should really take it. When your wife is out this week, don't tell her and just paint a wall whatever color you want. And let her come home and look at it and just be, she'll be like, what did you do? I, babe, I just felt like changing it up a little bit. <laughs> come on, aren't you cool with a little change around this? That will not be good. That will not be cool. That was bad advice. Do not do it. Um, but, but change is hard. You think you embrace change pretty well? Try waking up one hour earlier than you normally wake up and see what your body thinks about it. <laughs> Ooh, my body doesn't like that. That's a little painful. That's hard. It's tough. Uh, you want a little change? Change the type of soda you buy from regular soda to diet soda and see what your kids say. They go to the fridge and, Dad, <laughs> we need to have a talk. Man, I don't know what is going on. What are you doing with this soda? What, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? Like our kids will, will get all crazy if we change something like that. Even in church, we experience that. Or in the workplace, you might experience that. Uh, when you're dealing with people and trying to change some things, like it can be tough. Just this morning, Pastor Dan played a brand new song. And we're looking up there like this brand new song like, I don't know this song. You gonna make me read the words on the screen, Pastor Dan? Where is my favorite song? You know, change is tough. Change is hard. And one thing I've come to find out, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. Change is inevitable, but growth is optional. Uh, those changes can make us better, or those changes can make us bitter. 
Um, but it's up to us. We can grow from some of the changes that are around us and from some of the changes that God wants to do in and through us. Uh, I was a youth pastor in inner city, Oklahoma City, for about six years. Um, the, the past six years before I came here, I've been to North Shore almost an entire year now. I can't even believe it that a year is almost on the verge, on the horizon. Um, but uh, before that, I was in Oklahoma City. And when I was a youth pastor, we launched a youth ministry, and I absolutely love the church even to this day. It's a phenomenal church. And the campus I, I started at was a, a campus that was predominantly African-American. 95% African-American was my youth ministry. And I'll never forget, I'm this new, um, you know, I'm as Caucasian as they come, grew up in small town Nebraska, and now these are my students, and I come, and I've been a youth pastor for four years, and so I show up, and I'm just expecting God to just move the way I've seen him move in the past, and I show up, and I start preaching, and here's what I see. Like, they are leaning, their, they are leaning all the way back, putting their heads back on the seats, and falling asleep, and it is driving me crazy. And, like, I would leave every Wednesday night feeling defeated, like, God, you better change these guys because I can't take this anymore. Like, you better do something in this ministry. You better do something in their hearts. And I was just, I felt so defeated as a pastor. And I'm looking, I'm just, like, looking out at sleeping faces while I talk. Like, oh, no, something's got to change. And I still remember, it was like the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment and said, yeah, if you want some things to change, let it start with you. Let it start with you. And so I began to put into effect making some uh, little, tiny, practical changes. Just small changes. Sometimes just little changes is all it takes to, to get a, a good effect. Some things like uh, began changing the way I talked. Talked a little louder. Maybe just a little bit more animated. I didn't talk for quite so long. I cut the length of it down just a little bit. That, that, so, and, and just these little, they weren't even super spiritual changes. They were just small practical changes uh, that were out of my comfort zone, but it's interesting how small practical changes can make an impact around us and in our life. Maybe it's a small practical change like getting to work on time. And that can really change at least the, the outlook of the boss on your life, or a small practical change like devotions with the family. A small practical change like prayer with a spouse, controlling your anger. What if you're just one small change away from having a better marriage? What if you're just one small change away from becoming financially free? Like what if you are just a change away from God doing something in your life like you have never seen before? But I'll never forget I began to change and then all of a sudden their heads went from this to like this. And then after a while they're actually engaging with me and I'm like yes, I got y'all now, you better get ready, watch out. And like God did some really cool things and I got to the point where it changed, it brought me out of my shell a little bit, but that change, I was able to grow from that change. And it's funny because uh, one of the students from this youth ministry, this church, ended up coming and being an intern with me down in Oklahoma City for an entire summer. His name was Ryan Bruna. And uh, his mom, Darla, plays the piano over here. He spent an entire summer with me just following me around everywhere learning ministry. And uh, the first time he heard me preach, afterwards I come off and he looks at me because I was his youth pastor for uh, about four years. And he looks at me. What was that? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Man, that was a lot different. That's not the RJ I remember preaching. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, it was hard for him to just grasp this change. He's like, man, I don't know if I liked it or not. It was different. You know what I mean? And I just told him, I simply replied, listen, Ryan, I just was tired of students falling asleep every time I spoke. Somebody had to make a change. And it started with me. 
started with me. And so change was inevitable, but growth was optional. For most of us in our life right now, there are some things in your life where you can look at, think about, that you know needs to change. Maybe the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you, uh, t- talking to you about it. Maybe it's, maybe it's your, your weight. Maybe it's your attitude. Maybe your thoughts are completely out of control. You feel down all the time, stressed out, depressed. Uh, maybe it's your outlook on life. Maybe you're here and there's an addiction that has hold of your life. Maybe you're here and there's a sin that you know you need to deal with. And you're like, God, I want to change. I need to change. But it's hard to change. Maybe it's your financial situation and you're looking at your life. Do not get caught up thinking things will never change because today I'm up here to tell you God is saying, behold, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing in your life, in your situation. There is hope. He's bringing streams where there was wasteland. He's making ways through the desert. He's doing a new thing. Let's read Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 again. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Even now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. And I love this scripture uh, because here Isaiah is writing to the children of Israel at one of the worst moments in their history. Uh, remember the nation of Israel, they, they got out of Egypt and they went into the land that was promised to them, land flowing with milk and honey. It was like, yes, this place is awesome. This is the best. Thank you, God. But then they were captured and went into captivity as slaves. And so when he's writing him, he's writing to them as a captured nation, as a captive nation, as basically as slaves. But in this season where they're slaves, where they're captured, where their past was pretty good and had some pretty bad moments, he's saying, behold, I am doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. So uh, no matter where you're at, I just want you to know this message is for you. And, and I just want to take a look at a few quick things that'll help you embrace the new thing that God is doing in your life even now. Number one, use the windshield, not the mirror. Use the windshield, not the mirror. And so what does that mean? Basically, if you've ever ridden in a car, you understand uh, this point, this no, use the windshield, not the mirror. Uh, if you're driving in the car, if you notice the windshield takes up almost your entire point of view. Like, it's huge. It's big. But then there's this tiny little thing up there called the rear view mirror. And uh, so it's, right, it's that way for a purpose because if you're going to drive, you're going to move forward, you got to look, look forward. And uh, it's got to be a lot bigger looking forward than looking backwards. I think in life it's the same way. If we want to move forward, uh, we can't be looking backwards all the time. Look forward. Focus on what's ahead. And verse 18 says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, look. Look right here. Now, look ahead. I am doing a new thing. My son, MJ, uh, he's almost three now, but when he kind of was running and walking, maybe, you know, one and a half, two years old, he had this thing where he would constantly talk to you and walk or run at the same time looking backwards. Anybody's kid ever do this? Like one person, awesome. Now I think my kid is slow, but uh, that's all right. Like, MJ, what are you doing? But this is what he used to do. He, he would talk and walk, hey, daddy, hi, daddy, watch me, watch. And he'd take off running, boom, right into a wall. I'm like, MJ, stop. You can't, you can't run forward looking backwards like that, man. You're going to hurt yourself. But many times in life, we live that exact same way. We try to move forward and we're trying to look forward, but yet we look back behind us more than we look forward. We say, wow, that looked pretty bad. (laughs) 
Man, that, that, that looked pretty tough. But when we do it, man, we end up hurt. It brings us pain as well. It gets us in trouble because it leads us to thinking, man, things sure don't look good in my life. That's because you're looking the wrong direction. Stop using the rearview mirror. Stop moving forward, trying to look back, and begin using the windshield and look forward. Look ahead to what God has for you. Listen, God doesn't consult your past to create your future, so why should we? He doesn't do that. So why, why do we do that? Start believing that it's going to happen. Start believing that the blessing is coming. Start picking your head up and declaring that your future is full of hope. Start carrying yourself like a victor, not a victim. And watch how God begins to change, how God begins to make a way in the desert. And God begins to bring streams through the wastelands in your life. Because regardless of your past, God is doing a brand new thing. He's doing a new thing. Um, when I was a high schooler, I loved basketball. Any sports fans in the house played sports growing up, little sports? Sports was my life. I played sports all the way through college, basketball all the way through college. I was the short little point guard that could shoot. You know what I mean? And uh, so growing up, and I'll never forget, there was this one particular game. And it's weird because I've forgotten hundreds of games, but this one game sticks out to me. And it was, wasn't even a real game. It was just a summer league tournament. And so we're in this kind of summer league tournament, and uh, we're going up against a team that's undefeated. It's a town around us that no one had beaten, not even our varsity team. And here I am with my freshman friends. And we're this freshman team playing basically the best team in our tournament. And at halftime, we found ourselves down by 20 points. And I'll never forget this because my brother was home for the summer. He was in college, but he was home. Uh, that's also the lead pastor, Pastor Chris here. And um, he was watching this game. And at halftime, we come out, and me and my team, we're just moping. We're getting ready to play the second half, and we're down. And we're like, oh, this is stupid. Why are we here? This is the worst. We're just going to lose. This is horrible. And I'll never forget, in the middle of that, like, warm-up moment, Chris called me over to the side. He said, man, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean, what am I doing? Chris, well, you better watch out who you're talking to like that. He said, man, you, you, you look like a loser out there. Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? The way you're acting, you're moping around. Oh, man, I'm just going through the, oh, I'm just, man. I can tell from the way you look that you are going to lose, man. You are looking like a loser right now. I was like, oh, okay, you want to see something change? All right, I'll show you a change. Come on, let me show you what I can do. Like, there was something that kind of rose up inside of me, and I went from moping like, oh, this is the worst. I wish I didn't have to be here to saying, all right, let's do this. Things are going to change. And I'll never forget that game because it was a complete 180 from first half to second half. We went from being down 20 to coming back and winning that game. The only, the only team that beat that, 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 that team all summer long. And I, I remember it probably because I had one of the best halves of my life. I had like 25 points in the second half. I couldn't miss. But I'll never forget how I look back at that moment where in my mind I thought this is over. Why should I even try? To the moment where Chris said, you better pick yourself up. You better stop moping and start playing like you know you can play. Man, this is, isn't over yet. And I'll just never forget how changing my attitude sparked one of the greatest turnarounds in my sports life. Some of you, you're in here today and you need a turnaround. You're looking at the first half of your life and you're thinking, man, this is horrible. This is ugly. I'll never win. I'll never get out of this debt. I'll never be happy. Some of us, we need to sh shift our focus from the rearview mirror to the windshield. Stop looking behind to see what God wants to do in your life 
moving forward. Hold on to the promise that God is doing a new thing. You need to forget about the first half, no matter how far you're down, down, because the second half is yet to be played in your life and in your situation. Forget the former things. Forget the past and move forward. Uh, even those of us that look back on our life in the first half isn't that bad. Like I'm beginning to think, like, you know what, God, do we still need to change? Do we still need to, are you still wanting to do a new thing when, when there's many people out here that, that feel like they're in a great place? And he's saying yes. God still wants to do a new thing. Even if you look back at the first half and it's like, we're up by 20 points. I'm in the lead. My life growing up, I grew up in a pastor's home. My grandpa's a pastor. My dad's a pastor. I went to a Bible college. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't too bad. But God is saying, you know what, I still want to do a new thing in your life as well. Because here's what we got to be careful of. You can't depend on past victories in yesterday's faith to sustain you moving forward. Notice he says, forget the former things. Listen, those bad things, that crazy stuff from behind you, forget about that. And then he also says, don't dwell on your past. Do you understand who Isaiah is writing to? He's writing to this, this group of people that are in bondage at the moment. But if they look at their past, there's some pretty good things in the past as well. Remember the Israelites, uh, they were slaves in Egypt and they were miraculously redeemed and, and set free under the hand of Moses and through the leadership of Moses. They saw miracles every single day. They conquered the land of Canaan uh, where, where there was grape bundles so big that it took two grown men just to carry one bunch and bundle of grapes out. But, but now they are in captivity. All those wonderful victories. They can look back and thank God for what he did, but all those wonderful victories of the past weren't really doing anything to set them free at that moment. What they needed was a new work, a new miracle, and a new victory in their life. So I want you to know, regardless of your past, it could be horrible, forget about the past. It could be pretty good, don't dwell on the past and get, get so caught up on what, what you've been that you're content with where you're at. God wants to do a new thing in your life, a new thing in your situation, no matter where you're at. The question isn't just what has God done. The question is what is God doing in your life right now? The question is what is it that you want him to do in your life right now moving forward? What is that change that the Holy Spirit's been speaking in your heart and you know that it's God speaking to you and you've been thinking and you've been waiting on it for so long. What is it that God is calling you to do? Use the, the windshield, not the rearview mirror. God doesn't look at your past to create your future. So don't get caught up in that trap either. Number two, the, the second thing uh, that, that you need to do is see the possibilities, <clears throat> not the problems. <clears throat> Excuse me. See the possibilities, not the problems. The scripture, remember, it says, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Even now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. So when you look at your life, you can choose to see problems or we can choose to see the possibilities that God has in store for it. So the Israelites, through this scripture, Isaiah is saying, you have a choice. When you look at your life, you can either see a desert or you can see that I am making a way in that desert. I'm making a road. Other, other script passages just say, I'm making a road through the desert. You can look at your life and you can see a wasteland and think, man, this is just horrible. My life looks uh, like just a lot of junk. It's really bad right now. Or you can see that God is putting a stream of life in the middle of that wasteland. What, what once was used to bring you down and, and, and look bad and tear you down will now be used to propel you to places you never thought you could go. Like, like what are you looking at? Are you looking at the, the desert? Or are you looking at the fact that God is making a way through it? He's making a way through it. And sometimes we get stuck 
in our own wilderness. Sometimes we get stuck in our, our own things. We don't know how we're ever gonna get out, but God does promise he will make a way. He's saying, I am making a way in the desert. He doesn't say how, and we shouldn't get caught up on in how, because some of you are asking the question, God, you want me to make this change? You want, you're gonna, want me, are gonna make a way through this situation? How is that gonna happen? We don't have to get caught up on how, but here's the real thing that we can get had, caught up on. You just have to know who. It's God saying this. It's God saying, I am making a way. He doesn't say how, but he just says who. And as long as God is making it, I'm like, all right, God, if you're doing it, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. We can choose. The choice is ours. The choice is yours today. We can choose to see how big our problem is or how big our God is. What are you focusing on? What, what are you looking at? Do you see possibilities or do you see problems? And today, I just believe in, in a supernatural way, God wants to speak some possibilities over your life. God wants to speak some possibilities over your future. Imagine your life without that addiction. He's saying, listen, look at the possibilities. Imagine your life without this sin dragging you down time and time again. Imagine that book you've been putting off to write becoming a bestseller. Uh, imagine that relationship restored. Uh, imagine a renewed passion and energy for your work and your job right where you're at right now. You don't need a different position. You don't need a different title. Just imagine a renewed energy, not because your position changed, simply because you changed and your, mind shift, uh, your mindset shifted. Uh, imagine your finances completely turning around. Man, there are lots of problems we could look at, but in the meantime, God is saying, don't miss the possibilities. Yeah, you can stare at the desert, you can look at the desert, but I am making a way in the middle of the desert. So God is making a way for you. Your problem is not bigger than your God. It's not. No matter what your problem is, it is not bigger than your God, and God says, I am doing a new thing in you. A new thing in you. Uh, my daughter, um, I have three kids now, and I know I kind of stared a little bit last week, but I have a brand new daughter. She's like two weeks old right now. Her name is Rain, uh, Rain Marie Johnson. And so she's our newest addition to the Johnson crew. We're now a family of five, uh, as one parent put it, like, hey, it's a big shift going from man-to-man -man defense to, like, zone. They outnumber you. It's crazy. Uh, but uh, we absolutely love it. And uh, the thing with Rain is she has spent basically the past week and a half uh, in a hospital. And um, she was born, and a few days later, she went home. She had jaundice really bad. And so we're like, man, this, this was kind of a bummer. So we take her up to the hospital for jaundice, and um, so she's under these lights, and she has to stay in there for a day or two. And while they're there, they run some tests, and they find a, a really bad infection in her blood. Like, hey, this could be something really serious. Uh, she needs to stay here for, for a while until we figure this thing out. And uh, they, they thought it was going to be really bad, but they end up finding out it was pneumonia. And as uh, she's kind of fighting off this pneumonia, this tiny little newborn girl, um, they run some more tests, and they find out that this girl has um, a bunch of holes in her heart. And uh, when they said, when they look at it, it's almost like Swiss cheese. And uh, it's not just a hole, but, but holes. And so um, we get hit with this, boom, 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 one right after the other. She's been in the, the hospital like a week and a half. And um, as I'm preparing this message, I'm like, God, I, there's a lot of problems I can focus on. And I begin to realize, I begin to, to just think, you know what? We can take God our problems or we can take God our praise. And, and in the middle of the, these problems, in the middle of these issues, I've been learning to just take God my praise. 
and praising God. And so, yeah, I look at the situation. I'm like, man, John, this, that was, man, that, that was a problem. But then I begin to look and begin to shift my perspective and say, you know what, God? But I am praising you because if it wasn't for that jaundice, who knows if we would have ever even took her to the hospital and ever found out that there was anything else wrong with her. So, God, I'm praising you even though she had some jaundice. I'm like, yeah, it was kind of a problem that she had an infection and pneumonia. That is a bummer. But, God, I am praising you because it wasn't meningitis. It wasn't something a whole lot worse that the doctors thought it was, and so it was something that they can treat. In fact, God, I'm praising you because the medicine that they gave her knocked that thing out, and now it is completely gone. And God, yeah, it's a bummer that she has holes in her heart. Man, it's a bummer, and God, I'm still praying uh, for a great report, but Lord, I praise you. I'm going to praise you that that little heart is still beating, and as long as her heart is beating, I know you have an awesome plan for her future. We can bring God our problems or we can bring God our praise. And so I think as God is saying he's doing a new thing, maybe you've been going to God with your problems over and over. And God is saying, listen, I just want you to start coming to me with your praise. Don't pursue a solution, pursue me. And watch how God changes things. In fact, I think of Paul and Silas. They're in the middle of a jail cell. Prisoners. And they go to God and they don't say, God, man, how did, you, how did we end up here? Man, God, this is a bummer to be in prison right now. It's a bummer to be in chains. Lord, I just, I, I don't know why you let us come here. This stinks. It's horrible. We're in prison. God, we were doing your work, and this is where we end up. They didn't do that at all. They didn't bring God their problems. You know what they brought him? Their praise. They started singing hymns. They started singing and worshiping and praising God. In the middle of that praise, their chains fell off. The prisoners were loose. Like God set the chains free in the middle of their praise. We can bring God our problems, or we can bring God our Praise. And can I tell you, it's amazing how bringing God um, his praise, praise has changed my life throughout this process. It's not been an easy process. In fact, we're still kind of waiting from a cardiologist to hear some of the report. Um, to see, oh, Man, we are just praying, and you can pray with me, that those holes are all going to just close up even before the cardiologist looks at it. Uh, because I, I know he can do it. Um, but no matter what that result is, I'm going to praise God in the midst of my problem. If the worship team wants to come up, I'm going to be closing here in uh, a little bit. So I just want to ask you, where does your focus need to change? In Numbers 13, Moses sent 12 spies out to look at the, the land of Canaan, the land that was promised them, flowing with milk and honey, this awesome land. Ten of these spies came back saying, Moses, there is no way. There's giants roaming around there. I mean, they have grapes so big. Like, like they were just talking, there is no way. In fact, in, in their eyes, we were grasshoppers. We were like grasshoppers compared to them, Moses. There is no way. Their walls are super huge. I don't see how this is ever possible. But two of those spies came back and saying, you know what, Moses? God has given us this land. Let's go. Let's take it. It's ours. And it's interesting to know that of those families, of those, those men, only two of them ever, ever actually walked into the promised land. I'll let you guess which two it was. See, 10 of them, they looked and all they saw was problems and those problems stopped them right there. Two of them, they looked and they saw some possibilities. That land is ours and two of them walked into those possibilities. So when God is saying, I am doing a new thing, don't get stuck on your problems. Begin looking at the possibilities that God has in store in your life. And I can't help but think when God begins to, to reveal some of those possibilities that you will begin to walk in them. You can focus on the deserts or you can focus on the fact that he is making a way through it. So God, make a way. Give us a way today. Don't get caught up thinking, I'll never afford that. I'll never be able to, 
to own something like that. I'll never be able to get well. I'll never be able to defeat this sickness or this, this cancer. I'll never be able to get past this report of my kid. Uh, I'll never be able to do that. No. Today, God wants you to know he's doing a new thing. He is doing a new thing, and it's going to exceed any expectation you had. It's interesting to note that 453 times in the Bible is this phrase, it came to pass. It came to pass. And I know it's kind of an interesting, you're like, oh, what does that mean? Because it says it came to pass. It doesn't say it came to stay. It didn't come to stay. It came to pass. The desert you're in, God is looking and he's saying, you know what, I see the desert. I see the problems. But I'm giving you a way. That wasteland of your life. You know what, I'm going to put a stream of life through it. I'm beginning to understand that some situations won't change until we change. Some of you might be looking at your situation, your problem, and you're thinking, man, I don't know why we're always arguing. I don't know why we're so stuck financially. I guess this is the way it is. I don't know why my relationship with my kids are such a mess. I don't know why I struggle with this sin or this addiction that just seems to control my life and ruining things. Uh, I want you to know God can use any situation to change you, to grow you. I wonder if our, our mindset changed instead of uh, trying to change the situation, we let our situation change us. The last thought I want to share real quick is change before you have to, not because you have to. Why wait until your marriage is falling apart to choose to get some help? Why wait until your kid stops talking to you to start speaking life into them? Why wait until you're about to get fired to start trying harder at work? You can either change because you have to or you can change before you have to. He said, behold, I am doing a new thing. Even now, even now, do you not perceive it? He's saying right now, not, he's not saying, you know what, just wait a little bit because this new thing uh, is gonna be coming down the pike sometime. He's saying now, in the present, in this moment, make a decision now to stop looking back and begin embracing the new thing that God wants for you moving forward. And whatever it is that God wants to change in you, it could be some part of your life, your relationships, your job, whatever it is, it is within your reach. Now, don't get caught up on the thinking, someday when I'm the boss, man, I'm really good, I'm gonna be the best boss, I'm gonna treat everybody great, they are all going to love me, when right now, your, your coworker that sits beside you can't even stand you. Don't get caught up in the thinking, you know what, someday when maybe I own my own business, then I'll wake up at 6 a.m. and start working out and get back in shape. Why would you do that then when you're not doing anything about it now? Why change uh, because you have to when you can change before you have to? What if David, when he saw the, the giant Goliath, what if J David came up there and said, you know what, I don't have a position. I'm not the king. I'm not in the, the military. I'm not in any kind of way a soldier. You know what I am? I'm a shepherd. I don't have the title. I don't have the position. But yet, even before that change came, he acted like he said, you know what, I may not have the position, I may not have the title, but I'm going to rise up and I'm going to be the one to defeat this giant standing in front of me. What if David had said, I'm not in the army, what could I do? He never would have walked out his destiny. So we have a choice. We can either change because we have to, or we can change before we have to. My father-in-law, uh, he, he got cancer, and after he got cancer, he realized, I, I better stop smoking so much. I, I, and he stopped completely smoking. Like, it was awesome, but he waited until he had to change. Be he, he, he changed because he had to when years before that, he could have looked at his life and said, you know what, I should probably change before I have to. 
because these things are leading me to a good place in my body. What do you need to change in your life? You can change because you have to or before you have to. But would you do it today? Do it today, even now. Don't you perceive it? Even now. Even now I'm beginning to make a way in the desert. Even right now things are beginning to change. Can I, can I tell you uh, one of the, that procrastination is the enemy of progress? Someday is not a day of the week. Some of you know some of the changes that God is putting on your heart. Uh, don't wait. If God is putting it on your heart, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, uh, you don't have to go home and pray about it. You can just do it now. The Holy Spirit is calling you to, to do something. Don't just say, you know what, I'm really gonna, just going to wait and think this thing out. Um, do it now. Embrace the new thing now. And I just want to put this out there. It's one of the greatest changes you could ever make and that I've ever made in my life is not just coming to church, but getting involved in a ministry. Serving, using my time and my talents. And man, I've been serving since I was a junior high kid. Nurseries, uh, worship teams, youth ministries. I have been serving. And it is one thing I do not regret. And I can guarantee you in heaven, when you get there, there are going to be a million things that you're going to regret. And I'm going to regret. We're like, man, why did I do that? But you will never regret spending time in God's house. You'll never regret that your family was here and grew up in the church. You'll never regret, man, that I served in a ministry and I got to teach a Sunday school of kids or I got to teach a class of kids or help with the youth ministry. You will never regret that. It's one of the greatest decisions you can make. Take a step of faith and move towards your miracle. Move towards that new thing that God is doing in your life. Even now it's springing up. Do you not perceive it? One last story before I close. There's an awesome family in this church. Um, in fact, they're here today, um, uh, Dale and Marty. And I, they gave me permission to use this story, so um, thank you guys. But um, not too often as a pastor do I get to sit in on like when a miracle happens. But I want to talk about just one little act of obedience, one little uh, step of faith towards a change that he knew he needed to make. Ended up in just this miraculous moment that I got to witness firsthand. Um, uh, they're they're kind of new to the church, been coming just this, this year, and we were out at coffee, and they were asking me some great questions, and like I was just getting to know them. And um, in, in the midst of it, we, we, he started talking about his family and his relationship with his sister and how things happened in their family, and this relationship with his sister just fell apart, and he hasn't talked to her in years. It's like, man, I don't even know what would happen. If we saw each other, it, it could be pretty ugly. It could be pretty bad. But then he said this, but you know what? After one of the messages, I felt like the Holy Spirit was asking me to just do something, to just send her a message and just kind of open the door. And so I sent her a text message. See, that was a big step. But it was a small practical change. And he said, you know, I didn't hear back, and so who knows if she received it, but at least I kind of opened the door a little bit. And it's awesome because uh, we're sitting there at the blue moon, and he looks up, and I see his eyes kind of go, <gasps> I'm like, oh, man, what, what's up? And he said, there's my sister right there. We were just talking about her. There she is right there. And she drives off, and she's like, okay, that was close. If she comes in here, man, I don't know what's going to happen. And then her car comes back, parks. It's like, oh, man, she's right there. Watch, I'm just going to keep talking to you, RJ. And she walks into blue moon. It was just this awesome moment. She walks right up to Dale. It's tough for me to talk about because it, it rocked me on the spot and it rocks me even think about it right now. And uh, this moment of just forgiveness with family 
He stood up. She stood up. They grabbed each other. They, they hugged for like two or three minutes. And I'm sitting there. I'm watching this. I'm just like, oh. You know, I'm crying, watching it. They're crying, hugging each other. And it's just like, wow, God, I can't believe you just did this in front of me. Man, it was incredible. It was one of those moments where I look at it, I'm like, wow, God, you let me experience this miracle firsthand. Thank you. And since then, he's talked to her. He's been at reunions with her. That relationship has been renewed. But I can't help but wonder what would have happened would that relationship have been restored if he didn't just make that small little change of reaching out, of doing what the Holy Spirit had asked him to do in that moment. What's that small? What's the new thing that God is asking you to do? And man, it just rocked my world to see that happen. I was like, wow, this is absolutely incredible. So Dale, thank you for letting me use your story, brother. You may feel like your past has made nothing but a wasteland. God is bringing streams of life through the middle of it. You stand with me all across this place. Because God is able to transform that desert area in your life, that relationship that's been non-existent for years into a relationship that's now open, a door that's open, a door that's thriving. But it starts with taking, stepping out in an act of faith and saying, God, I am embracing the new thing that you want to do in me. I am embracing the new thing that you want to do in my situation. Behold, he's doing a new thing. Even now, he's doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to connect with us or if you want more information about North Shore Church, please visit us at mynsag.com.